Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 134, Blue Jays Nation Radio. Your M. Chuck and Coombsy with you to recap another successful series out in L.A. for the Toronto Blue Jays. They take two or three from the Angels. Coombsy, this Jays team, they like playing at Angel Stadium. They do. It wasn't quite the same as last year. They went in and swept the Angels last year in May, took all four games and kind of sent the Angels into a loop, just just ruined their season. This year it was two of three. It was quite the roller coaster ride, and I mean... There's something about the the late night West Coast vibes with Blue Jays games where it feels like all the fans are delirious and kind of tired talking about it on social media and and, and just weird things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this weekend felt like. It was it was a bizarre roller coaster ride, but I mean, at the end of it, the Jays started their season 10 games on the road. They're six and four. We really can't complain. It's a good outcome. It's good vibes. Can't complain at all. Uh, there is a joke to be made about that series being a roller coaster and being played so close to Disneyland. I don't know how to execute that joke, but it's there. Something's there. Anyways, we're going to do all the usual stuff today. We got three up, three down for that series against the Angels. We'll get set for the first series at Rogers Center. But first, we got a little bit of news to break, a little announcement here for the Jays Nation family, Coombsy. We have a third voice today on the podcast. He is one half of the Blue Jays Today duo. You can find them on YouTube, over 13,000 subscribers, and they're the newest member of our Jays Nation family. Adam from Blue Jays Today, what's going on, man? Going good, man. I'm having a good day, honestly. It's a beautiful Easter Monday, so I got a little bit of a day off today, so went to the park, and now, you know what? We're finishing off. We're talking about Blue Jays, so I'm ready, man. Let's go. What a a series to talk about, man, that L.A. series. Let's get into it, man. Yeah, let's get into it indeed. It's three up, three down, brought to you uh, by our friends over at Batano, and the Jays won the series, so we start with the ups and honestly when you look at that series as a whole and Adam I'll start with you how can we not be talking about the hottest hitter in baseball and that is Matt Chapman he was great in game one great in game two and then he saves the day in game three and gets that rally going with the grand slam this guy is in an unconscious level of production right now I know. And what's great when you see him at the plate, he looks absolutely confident. Everything I call him Matty Ice as a nickname. I'm trying to get that trending. So if y'all can help me call him Matty Ice, because this guy's got straight up ice in his veins. He calmly took that pitch, that first pitch, took it to the other field for a grand slam. I mean, and he, and he got, I believe he got three hits that game. He's on another level right now. Like, 
I was just about to make a thumbnail talking about Matt Chapman. And and I, I had to put up, I was debating whether saying, oh, like, he's hot. He's amazing. I, I might just go with he is him. He is literally the guy the Blue Jays needed. And, and, and he's kind of overshadowing our two superstars who are also hot. But this is exactly kind of the start you needed from Matt Chapman, especially if this could be potentially his last year with the Jays. We need it, man. Ooh, yeah, uh, that is not a conversation I want to have today. But Coomsey, <laughs> take, <yet. laughs> take us through some of the numbers from this run from Chapman because it's been something. Yeah, yeah, man. Like it's 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 on another level. I believe he was sitting like uh, just under 500 this week. He just won yeah. Player of the Week with two home runs. It's it's quite incredible, man. And I believe he's still leading the uh, the MLB in hits right now. So, I mean, what is there to say? Like, I could I've been talking about how hot he's been for for ages. Like, in the, well, it feels like ages because of how many hits he's gotten yeah. this week. But I've been talking about it all week. Like, what what else is there to say? Like, how long will this continue to go, man? Like, can we expect this level of production from Matt Chapman moving okay, continuing? Probably not, unless he's literally going to be the best player in the entire world. But uh, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say, man. Like, what do you what do you guys think? Like, what what stood out for you the most about Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman MVP season incoming. It's interesting you mentioned the free agency, and I mean, I don't want to spend the whole year thinking about it, but it kind of feels like that's going to be the overlay every single time he has a stretch like this. It feels like that grand slam added like. 10 15 million dollars to the upcoming contract yeah and and the thing we all kind of compare it to is marcus Semyon. obviously he comes over from oakland as a free agent after that down season and then has the huge year in toronto on the one-year deal and then winds up thinking what is it 175 million dollar deal with the rangers and i mean i think if you would ask somebody um i don't know six months ago maybe at the end of last season after they lost to seattle What's Matt Chapman's contract going to look like in free agency? Is he going to pull more than Marcus Semyon, that $175 million deal? If, if, if Matt Chapman keeps up anything remotely close to this, which is he's got an OPS now of 1.323, just like absurd numbers. If he keeps up anything close to this, like, you know, this, this, this like MVP caliber hitting plus his defense, he's going to earn a bigger deal than Marcus Semyon did in free agency, which is honestly batshit insane. That's it. That, and because uh, he's younger too, it's the defense. Like everyone knows about the defense. He can easily bounce back this year. And yeah, you're right. If he's top three in MVP votes like Marcus Semyon, I don't see any reason not to sign him more than $200 million for whatever X amount of years, especially now that Manny Machado, speaking of all MLB, now that he's off the like three third baseman market, like, he is him. Matt Chapman is him. I'll say it again. He is him. He's the guy. So he's yeah. going to demand quite the payday if he keeps this up. Yeah, for teams that have budget this winter, like he will be, like you said, the guy. Uh, he is the leader in hard hit balls in the majors right now with 24. Second on that list is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as well, followed by Brian Reynolds out in Pittsburgh. They're the only three players who have even gotten to the 20 mark in terms of hard hit balls. And Chapman leads it with 24. It's been unbelievable. But the second big up, Coombsy, I'll start with you on this one. And that would be Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are both having great years. And Bo Bichette turned that series around with his three-run bomb in game one as well. This podcast could have a totally different vibe if Bo and Vlad didn't have the series that they did as well. It really looked at the beginning of that first Anaheim game that things were going to go completely sideways. I mean, Chris Bassett didn't look like he was locked in at all at the beginning of the game. There was kind of a last-minute change with catchers. Danny Jansen was supposed to catch him. As we know, Danny Jansen's kind of his personal catcher for now. 
weeks. Chris Bassett throws 900 pitches and only Danny Jansen knows them thus far. And then he was having difficulties with his pitch calm right off the hop too. He has it in his hat and then he's putting it on his belt. He's like, what pitches am I throwing? This is bad. And then and on the other side of it, Patrick Sandoval was killing it. He looked yeah. really good for the Angels. And it took Intel pretty much, what, the seventh, eighth, ninth inning for the Jays really to show a pulse. And it was Bo Bichette coming through with, with the huge home run. And now you have Matt Chapman leading Major League Baseball with 19 hits, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. with 18, and Bo Bichette with 17. I can't remember a time where three guys like that have been this hot at the exact same time. We're talking like this is number one, two, and three in Major League Baseball and hitting is definitely a positive thing. It's really good that before the Jays have really found their groove, they're obviously not playing their best baseball. Like the, the pitchers have not settled in yet, but they have three guys. And I guess you could kind of throw Dalton Barshow in there too. It's kind of like the big four. Those four guys are really carrying the team right now. So, I mean, even though they're not at their best, your stars are being superstars. And that's what helps you get through kind of a time where you're not your shit's not fully together yet. The pitchers don't look like they're fully there. You know, Bassett, Kikuchi, Jose Barrios, there's a lot of things up in the air. Once they settle down, things will probably be fine. But until then, they're they're getting such amazing contribution from their big three slash four-ish guys that... And that's what you need. You need you need your stars to be superstars. And you wanted to survive this opening road trip, right? The last thing you wanted to do was come back to the Rogers Center and be like, oh, shit, we're 3-7 and seven and have all this big storyline of, oh, did the schedule screw them over from the jump this year? So them coming out and getting off to this good start, like, yeah, their stars are fueling them, but, like, who cares? I mean, if it's the middle of July and we're sitting here in the bottom of the order isn't hitting that well and Brandon Belt is still striking out 90% of the time, then yeah, like we'll have a conversation about it. But early in the year, Adam, I got no problem with the stars just doing their thing. No, I, I, I really don't. I mean, you can never complain with all the production, right? I mean, that's actually one of the bigger things, and I hate to throw a negative light on this but that's one of the bigger things i noticed where like we're like we're just getting carried by our offense right now like we had to score 12 as much as as much fun <laughs> as that sunday game was we all had a heart attack or two during that game as much yeah. as it was I'd, I'd prefer not to score 12 runs um to to, to secure a series but uh again you can't complain but it goes back to what we we're saying like the starting pitching especially when we saw the back half of our rotation in that Angels series you know, there's some question marks. I mean, like you were saying, Bassett went off to a rocky start, ended up doing pretty well still, six innings, you know, two earned runs. So, like, he, he was managing. He ended up managing to get through it all. But then you got Jose Burrios where, you know, we do need to get that starting pitcher contribution because, look, I could say it till the cows come home. I love offense. I love watching offense. I want all the offense in the world. The Toronto Blue Jays, that's been, the, that's been our, like, script for the last – however many years is yeah. offense, offense, offense. But what has that done for us? Zero playoff wins in the last three years. Don't be, don't mean to be negative, but we got to figure out that rotation a little bit. Just at the back end, Kikuchi, I have hope for him still. Burrios, man, that's another conversation. I don't, I don't want to switch it just yet. I'm just throwing it out there. Percolate that thought a bit. That's another conversation. You're, you're teasing what could be coming in the three down <laughs> portion of today's podcast. Uh, for the third up, you guys talked about Chris Bassett. I agree. He, he looked better. And you know what? You give up a home run to Mike Trout. There's a part of me that when it's Trout and Otani hitting the bombs, I kind of just went like, eh, like that's going to happen. Those guys are going to get you sometimes. And the fact that Bassett found a way to grind back in that start and give you six innings with only two earned, I, I give him credit for grinding through that way. So we touched on Bassett. So I'll go a different way for the third up in that series. I really like Kevin Kiermeyer. He had some clutch hits Me in that too. third game. The defense is there. Adam, this guy, I mean, if you would have told Jays fans like any time in, in the 12 to 24 months before this, 
You're yeah. gonna love Kevin Kiermaier. They would have called you fucking insane. I know, bro. When we, we signed up, I'm like, I was kind of like, this is a little bit sus, guys. I mean, this guy literally stole our, our stat sheet like yeah. not that long ago, and then like deny or I don't even know if he denied. I can't remember his he exact comment, so I don't want to get quoted. But like, he um he straight up was just like saying like it's part of the game it was there but well, i don't know but anyways but yeah I, but what i love the most i don't know if you saw that post game interview after the la angel series where he was just so stoked to come back to toronto and i mean i would be i'd be off i'd be living off a high too if i just got five rbis in that game being a I, we all talk about matt chapman in that game but like man kevin kiermaier came up when we needed him and i think everyone accepted the fact that he was going to be a great defender but I don't think anyone is ready to say that he's also going to be a great contributor with the bat. I mean, my expectations are still low because I, we didn't sign him to be a big bat. But if we can get anything out of that nine spot to flip the lineup over, wow, what a signing. What a great deal that is for Kevin Kiermaier and for the Blue Jays. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I. when we heard the thing coming out of spring training, like, oh, Kevin Kiermaier says he wants to be the best nine-hole hitter in all of baseball. It was kind of like, okay, is this going to be like just one of those spring training things that they're just trying to throw out to get the fan base excited? But damn it, 10 games in, Coombsy, maybe, maybe. It's weird. It feels like it feels like Kevin Kiermaier's been a Blue Jay for longer than he's, he's suited up here. It says he's played in eight games now. So you know we've been we're like a week and a half into the season and he's and he's hardly played for the team, but it feels like he's been a Blue Jay for years, does it not? Like yeah. Yeah. I know I know I know there is probably a bit of a bias because we saw him so many times with Tampa Bay and those those Rays games are such a grind. It feels like the Jays are playing the Rays every second week, no matter what. So obviously we saw a lot of him when he was an opponent, but it just feels like he's fit in so ridiculously seamlessly that he's just been a Blue Jay forever. You would you you'd honestly barely remember now a week and a half into the season that he was one of those really dislikable like oh that guy's got a punchable face i really don't <laughs> like this guy on a really annoying team we hate playing against and now he's here and we're like this guy this guy's been a blue jay forever it just feels like it yeah uh it's been a great little thing we talked about the stars carrying them but he has been one of the pieces lower in the lineup is some guys belt uh, Alejandro Kirk struggled oh as well. Yeah. Um, Kiermaier has been a guy who's come through a few times for the Jays. Big reason why they got the series win, taking two out of three from L.A. That's why we started with the three up. But let's get to the three down. Uh, Jose Barrios, oh boy. Four innings, six hits. He struck out five, but he gave up four <laughs> earned runs, six runs total. Uh, Cam, again, like I'll just go back. The quote from BK when we did our season preview was just like, you feel bad watching this guy pitch right now, and that feeling is not going away. He's he's helpless, Cam. No, I honestly, I, I don't know what to say. I've, I've said this before in the past. Whenever the topic comes up now, I find it just completely confounding. I've never seen anything like this. Like, there's, it, 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 there's no indication there's an injury. The velocity's not down. It, there's no indication. It's like a blister, like what Aaron Sanchez had going on. It's just... He it's it's it it's it it seems as though it's all in his head at this point. The this this the stuff is there technically, but Jose Barrios looks nowhere near the pitcher he was when the Jays traded for him in 2021. You know, he didn't come in and pitch like David Price. He didn't come in and win every single game, strike every guy out like David Price 2015, but he was good. He was a he was a workhorse. He was the Jose Barrios everyone had known for half a decade with the Minnesota Twins. Guy's gonna put up you know, a 3.50 ERA over 200 innings, exactly what the Jays need. And then all of a sudden, he's just completely lost it. 
And it's weird. You, you, you'll see innings where he'll strike guys out, he'll have guys whiffing, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's the Jose Barrios we know. That's the Jose Barrios this team invested seven years and like over $100 million in. And then he'll come out the next inning and throw a fastball and look like he's a pitching machine set to easy, like batting practice mode. And it's, it's mind-numbing. It's something I've, I, I've, I've never seen. And I'm at the point now where, I mean, coming into the season when it was good vibes only, all optimism, I was like, oh, yeah, how about a Jose Barrios bounce back to 2021? Now I'm sitting here thinking like, Man, if this guy can have the same season he did last year, where he has a bad start and then an okay start and then maybe a good start mixed in every once in a while, I'd be happy. That's where we're at right now, and that's really sad. Really sad. Adam, your thoughts on Barrios and his continued struggles? Buddy, I got lots of thoughts, man. (laughs) I go back and forth between, like, you know, crazy theories in my head of why he's struggling and, like, also trying to convince myself everything's going to be fine. But, like, one thing that I'm really starting to come come to is it's the fact that every single batter has all jumped on the same game plan against Jose Breos. It's do not swing at his slurve, as they call it on Baseball Savant. Let's sit on his fastball. Let's sit on his sinker. That's it don't even swing at the slurp it's really if you could recognize it out of the hand you could spit all over it it's very loopy it comes down i mean we all see it tons of movement let's just sit on the fastball so everyone's just waiting so what i'm noticing and i do i would do want to give a little bit of positive to jose burris what i'm noticing he's throwing that slurve a lot more this season it's up to almost 40 percent, which is way higher than he's ever thrown it but what he needs to do, and I've been watching his games, and I've been screaming, like, please, just do it. He's got to start throwing that slurve for a strike, man. He's got to start getting ahead with the slurve. 0-1, 0-2. Now you're 0-2. As a batter, am I thinking, am I going to sit on that? Am I going to change my game plan and sit on the slurve, or do we stick on the fastball? Well, keep throwing it for strikes until they have to start swinging at it. That's it, man. And look, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm a, ba- a big pitching expert, but this is something I've watched baseball for a very long time. And it, it's like you have to make a um, not a, not an only a mid-game adjustment, a mid-season adjustment. He's got to make a mid-career adjustment. He's got to change the way he pitches if he wants to stay in the big leagues. But here's the thing. He's going he's gonna to be here because he's getting paid to be here. But if he wants to have success at the big league level, he's got to start throwing that slur for a strike. He's got to get the batters off of that fastball. And the only way to do it is to start throwing for a strike, saying, well, it's here. you got to hit it now. That's it, man. That's he's got to do it. If he doesn't do that, I'm sorry. Jose Breos is going to be the next Patrick Corbin. What option do you even have with that contract? Like, uh, there's years left on that thing, man. Like, if he if Barrios is worse even this season than he was last, and this just continues, like, do we do we try and talk about throwing him into the bullpen to see if he can yeah. figure it out? Like, what what direction do you even take? Because you you feel bad for the guy sort of going oh, yeah. up there, and he just looks like he he doesn't look like the same guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not ready to have that conversation just yet because again, it is too. I don't want it to react a lot, but we see it all last year. So for me, there are other options when you get closer to the trade deadline. You know, you got Ricky T in the minors. You got Ryu coming back from Tommy John. We all forget about him. Yeah. Mitch White has yet to you know get ramped up to speed to big league level action. Like there are options out there, and you know that you know that Ross Atkins and Mark Spire are gonna you know they're they're gonna be pretty quick on the trigger to make and bring in starting pitching to help it out. But you know if he is still struggling, I mean you bring up a great point, Cam. Like, is it time for bullpen after the second year of his big seven year deal? I don't know. It's, it's starting. We're not there yet, but we got to see. Yeah, I wonder, like, is there anything 
some kind of a left arm shittiness or whatever coming for him. And then it's down to Buffalo for two weeks, right? Sit him for a week, yeah. skip a start, go down to Buffalo, start twice in Buffalo. And maybe he just needs like one of those hard resets. But we saw them do that with Kikuchi last year and it never really helped. So again, I like the point you made, Adam. It's an approach thing almost. And that should be more fixable than you know, something mechanically because they've been tinkering with his mechanics now back to the start of last season when this whole thing began. So uh, Jose Barrios, he's number one on the list of three downs from that series because that is an ugly storyline that's continuing. Uh, Let's move to the second down. It's going to be Yusei Kikuchi, but also there was a lot going on in that game outside of Kikuchi. Like, I mean, nine hits. The, The plus idea, he's not walking guys, right? He had the one walk, he had six Ks. Like, I still come away from this it was not a great start in isolation, but when you consider that, combine it with the first game when he looked good, like I'm not that concerned about Kikuchi still, even though that game against the Angels didn't go well. Cam, your thoughts on Kikuchi versus LA? Yeah, I put Kikuchi down as a down in our notes, not necessarily because I thought his pitching performance warranted it like Jose Barrios, but more what happened behind him. It kind of felt like the defense really let him down and he had some unfortunate things go on. You know, like you throw a certain pitch that nobody's going to hit for a home run other than Shoei Otani and that kind of sinks you a little bit. You have the error in the outfield, sloppy stuff on the infield. It's uh, somebody tweeted this and I can't remember who I think it might have been Scott Mitchell from TSN and he said you know early on in the season for all the talk we heard in spring training about how they're going to be fundamental and defense oriented there's been a lot of spectacular stuff that we've seen we've Kevin Kiermeyer has played a great center field Matt Chapman's been amazing at the hot corner Vladdy Jr. at first still looks like a gold glover but yep. the defense doesn't look as amazing as it probably should and how much we hyped it up but like you said, Tyler, just now, I don't think there's a tremendous amount to worry about Yusei Kikuchi. I think the two things to take from Matt's start are the fact that he struck out six guys and only walked one. It's not the end of the world. Like, he had a solid out uh, go in his first outing. I'd say this one was okay, despite the fact that, you know, it looks it looks like shit. It's four and one-third with six earned runs. Yikes, that looks terrible at a, at a glance. But when you dig in a bit deeper, I think it's fine. Not the end of the world. Yeah, Adam, any concern with Kikuchi? Or are you still kind of liking what you've seen through two starts? I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's one of those things where if this were to happen in July, no one would think about it, right? We, we'd go, oh, that's a garbage can game, throw it away. But because it is the second start, we're kind of talking about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, like you said, he looked good. Defense let him down a little bit. And I liked, on another note, I liked all of his pitch selections. I mean, obviously he's working with, uh, with Danny there. Like I liked all his pitch selections. I liked his location. You know, he threw a lot of a good, like cutter slider away in on the hands and then fastball up. Like that's kind of a good combination to have. So, uh, I'm not concerned. I'm ready for Kikuchi start number two against the Tampa Bay Rays. That's what I'm ready. Or number three, excuse me. Let's go. That'll yeah. be a fun matchup, man. Kikuchi That's against right. the unbeatable Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. We'll talk about that. 162. He's going to dominate. They're on the dominate, boys. <laughs> uh, third down we have is just kind of the way that third game ended. I mean, the comeback, unbelievable, right? Chapman goes yard. Also, Chapman hitting the grand slam and then Varsho stepping up next and dropping in the perfectly executed bunt single. I love when that guy does that. It is unreal. People are going to lose their minds in Toronto the first time he does that. Fans here are going to love it. Yeah, it's got like a, it's going to have one of those like cult fan base kind of things behind it. Every time he does it, we're going to be taking a Twitter just going bananas. I love, I love it because we we never see it anymore. Yeah. So no. you know, it's one of those things where I'm so happy it's back. And like, yeah, no, and no one's ready. Every time he's done it this year, 
the defense is not expecting, even though he's like the one guy that does it, the defense, like, oh, who's covering first? I don't know. Am I, the pitcher coming? Is the second baseman coming? Like, who? we don't know. We're all crossed up. Takes that one moment where we don't know what's going on, and he got, he's got a single. Yeah. Easy. Uh, it was awesome. But our third down is just uh, the Romano blown save. I'm going to steal your line, actually, Adam. If this happened in July, we'd probably be like, meh. It's one bad yeah. game from Romano. Who cares? Because it happens early in the season. It kind of goes like, the, oh, he really struggled. But um, the fact that the Jays at one point had to get out Mike Trout and they struck him out with the game on the line and then they got Otani out with the game on the line. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be harping on the bullpen after that. But Romano blowing a save cam, never a great thing, I guess. So it's got to go down there. Yeah, never ideal. I guess the kind of thing in my head is I remember back in last April when the starting pitching was not that good and the Jays were winning games because their offense was scoring them runs and because their bullpen was locking things down. And I remember Jordan Romano making like 20 or something appearances last April. And then all of a sudden his arm was running to the ground and he was exhausted in May. And I'm just like, I'm hoping that's not happening again. The Jays. And I mean, I, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. Maybe it'll take some time for their starting pitching to really find the groove, uh, get into the, the, the routine that they should be in. But it's not the best right now. They need pitchers going deeper into ball games, so they're not taxing the bullpen completely. I, I don't know if that's necessarily why Jordan Romano blew the save. It is what it is. I agree with you guys. If this happened in July, August, who gives a fuck? It happens. He's not going to be perfect all year, but the starters really have to get some length. And I think with the series now coming up against Detroit, you have number one and number two, Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman. There should be some rest here now for the bullpen, which I think is positive. Yeah, Adam, uh, the bullpen, any concerns? that They were nails in that first game of the series. And I remember there was the there was some Angels fan on Twitter. I think his name was like Wyatt, who was like, notice how the Jays have someone coming out of the bullpen constantly throwing 95 to 98. Why can't we have that? And it was like, damn, feels good as Jays fans to finally have other teams envying our bullpen. Uh, but Adam, right. no concerns about the pen, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, lo- I love that because I was I was thinking those exact same thoughts two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great to, great to hear that. Um, no, no, not at all. And like... I'm not really concerned. I'm actually loving our pen a lot. The fact yeah. that, you know, we see in these like middle relief situations, if the starter goes five innings, we need four, like, you know, we're seeing like guys who are coming out and doing well, exactly like, underrated guy, Zach pop. Yeah. You know, he just makes the team. He's having a great start to the season. Like I, I, I don't have a stats right here, but I believe it's below a two ERA. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he's, he's having a great start to the year and he's our like, seven, eight guy where they were like Trevor Richards. Right. So yes, there are ways to improve the bullpen for sure. Like I do think we need leather lefty, but that's going to be probably dressed at the trade deadline. Um, you know, there's also like speaking of the devil, Trevor Richards, like, you know, is, if he's going to continue to struggle, like we saw him do against, I think it was Kansas city where he almost blew the game. Uh, you know, we're going to bring up Nate Pearson, but Overall, the fact that we're getting a lot of guys who I would consider two years ago to be like our setup guy in the six, in the seven, that's a big improvement. And like Jordan Romano, final thought, not worried again. He, I, there's no one else I'd rather put out there in the ninth. Let's say that. Yeah. There's nobody else. We've, we've come a very long way since there was like Rafael Dolis pitching <laughs> in high leverage situations. Sam, yeah. Sam Gavilio pitching the seventh and the eighth. We have, we have come a very long way. Rafael Dolis could not have handled the pitch clock. That guy's career would have ended with that. that would he would have been fucked. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. Uh, all right, there you go. There's our three up, three down. Jays take two or three from the Angels. They come out of the 10-game road trip, six and four, and now they're ready to return home. We'll talk about that right after a quick break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. It is three against the Detroit Tigers coming up. Like I said, the Jays, they survived that road trip. It's great. They're, you know, half a game back at the Yankees right now. Cam, I think the only part about the first stretch of this season we don't like is that the Tampa Bay Rays can't lose, and they're looking like a very damn good ball team. Uh, it's time to be on high alert for the Rays. Hey, Coombsy? Yeah, this sucks. This is the same thing that happened last year. The Yankees flew out of the gate. And I mean, the Jays had a strong April last year. They were good. It was actually one of their better months, though they were a little bit, they were kind of finicky at that time. They hadn't, they didn't hit their groove for a while, but the Yankees just exploded out of the gates and they went like 40 and 10, basically had the AL East locked up a month and a half into the season. And now we have Tampa, who was gift wrapped the Detroit Tigers, the Washington Nationals, and the Oakland Athletics, three terrible teams, just gift-wrapped that at the beginning of the season, and the Rays have gone 9-0. and They just won their last two games against Oakland, 11 nothing. They have, you know, 4 nothing wins, 5-1 wins over the Tigers, 6-2 wins, 7-2 wins over the Nationals. It's just been, like, a complete joke, and I'm just hoping, okay, let's get them, you know, some actual opponents that they can go up against so that they're not, like, they don't have this division locked in, you know, a month into the season. That... Though, though we should be talking about the series up against Detroit coming up right away, I'm really interested in how the Jays do in their series against Tampa. That's going to be like an early season statement series like right away. That comes on the 14th, 15th, and 16th. So um, what's that? Like that, that? Yeah, that's this upcoming weekend. So that's a huge one for the Jays. And I mean, you don't usually talk about, oh, wow, there's a huge season-changing series in April. But man, oh, man, like you really want to win that series against Tampa, man. You want to tell them, hey, no, you're not going to lock things up in the middle of May. Yeah, and actually we talked about, you know, surviving the road trip, how important that was. But another part of this, and I'll lump the series against Detroit into it, is you went KC, LA, Detroit, three straight series. You need to rack up wins in this stretch because Rays, Astros, Yankees are your next three opponents after that. So a crucial little time here. Uh, Adam, were the Rays, where did you have them at the start of the year? Are you like, I mean, obviously 9-0 and is surprising, but did you have them near the top? Did you think the Jays would maybe be up there with them? Well, it's funny. I was looking at their schedule to begin. I'm like, wow, that's a really easy schedule. That's probably one of the easier 
you know, first two weeks I, I could possibly imagine. And, um, but I, I didn't think they would yeah, obviously be nine and no, but in terms of just like the Rays in general, I still think the blue Jays are better. I mean, let's all, let's, you know, I know it's really easy to hype up the Rays. They're number one on the MLB power rankings right now for obvious reasons. You, I mean, you, you can't just use the schedule as an excuse yeah. to why they're being so good. But um, I'm still thinking we could be better, even though even though this it is unfortunate that this weekend we are going to get Burrios Kukuchi. We do get Manoa, but guess oh, yeah. who he's guess who he's up against? It's Shane McClanahan, you know. So it's not going to be an easy W. So that's going to be a statement where we got to we got really got to get a performance out of Burrios Kukuchi, and uh, the bats got to come through for sure. Yeah, probably going to need that bullpen again to kind of flex its muscles in that series against Tampa. But let's take a look at this series coming up against the Detroit Tigers. Three best arms going for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's Manoa, Gosman, Bassett. On the other side, Matt Manning, Eduardo Rodriguez, Spencer Turnbull are going to get the ball for Detroit. This is a Tigers team that just got swept at home by the Boston Red Sox, and they gave up a total of 24 runs in those three games as well. And if you go back to their series against the Astros as well, where they actually managed to take two of three, they still gave up 17 runs in those three games as well. They give up a lot of offense. Their arms are not that good. I look at that. I look at the fact it's the home opener and vibes are going to be high in Toronto with the freshly renovated Rogers Center. I'm I'm going full sweep mode for the prediction, Coombs. Yeah, I think this is going to be three straight. I think we're going to be riding high after this one because just flat out, this Jays team is miles better than this Tigers team. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking up and down the Tigers roster and it's... Some guys with horrific earned run averages. Eduardo Rodriguez has got a 630. The best pitcher the Jays are going to see in this thing is Matt Manning. He's at 318, but he's hardly striking anybody out. Spencer Turnbull's ERA is 13.5. He makes Jose Barrios look like an ace right now. Um, and then the same thing is they can't really hit either. I mean, the, the number one OPS on this team right now is their backup catcher, Jake Rogers, who has an 850 OPS. Damn near everybody else is under 800. You have a bunch of starters here. OPS of 358, 293. Javier Baez is batting one. Oh, he's one. horrible. Like, right what is, it's, it's insane, man. The Detroit Tigers have been drafting towards the top of the list for years now. And they look like they're nowhere close because I, I think I remember in the offseason there was uh, their, their farm system. I can't remember whether it was fan graphs or baseball, Prospectus America, whatever. Somebody ranked them with the worst farm pool in all of baseball. And it's crazy. How could you be this bad with that poor of a farm pool? And I mean, <laughs> the Jays pretty much turned things around. They made it in 2015-16, tanked for three years, and they were back in the mix. It's wild watching teams like this. And it's like, you've been bad for a decade now. It's nuts. Yeah, their rebuild really did start in 2015. Uh, they last made the playoffs in 2014. <laughs> they made the, they made the playoffs four straight years before that as well. And then they started the rebuild in 2015, 2016. That means the Jays were contenders, rebuilders, and now being contenders again for a couple of years. <laughs> and the Tigers are just wandering around with no direction whatsoever. Like it is brutal how bad that organization has fumbled the last couple of years, the last couple of drafts, and things like that. Uh, but steering it back to this weekend, Adam. Uh, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good about the team's chances. Hey, like again, bad pitchers back at your ballpark, and a freshly renovated ballpark that might make it easier for some of your big dogs to launch the ball out? Yeah, I mean, like I, like you said, I'm going for a sweep too, man. I, I don't usually say sweeps because it's very difficult to sweep teams, yeah, yeah. even the worst of the teams, but the stars are aligning for this series, and if we're going to pick up W's, you know, in the storybook of the Toronto Blue Jays season, this is where we got to pick up three W's, and then going into Tampa Bay, 
I have some different thoughts. Uh, give me a hard series, but uh, yeah, you got to get three against the Tigers. Absolutely. And Coombsy, like home opener tomorrow, there's also going to be a lot going on kind of in these three games as well with like people they're honoring and things like that because last year there was so much hardware given out. Yeah, that's right. Fred McGriff is throwing out the first pitch at the home opener on Tuesday. He's just been inducted into the Hall of Fame last offseason by the ERA committee. Alejandro Kirk's getting his silver slugger. Vladdy's going to get his gold glove. Um, Jordan Romano is getting the best Canadian baseball player of the year award. And then I think in the finale game on Thursday, the Jays are also in Miguel Cabrera, who's doing his victory lap. Miguel Cabrera, of course, one of the handful of players who has eclipsed 500 home, 500 home runs and 3,000 hits in his big league career. So are you guys a fan of that kind of thing? Remember they did it with Derek Jeter and Mariana Rivera. They give like a gift to an opposing player as they're retiring. Do you guys like that stuff? Do you guys like honoring opposing players or is that weird? I don't think it's gotten to the point where it's like overdone yet. Like for me, the guys who I can remember it being are again, those Yankees, David Ortiz and Miguel Cabrera. And it's like, okay, those are like giants of this generation of baseball if it starts getting to a point where it's like, why are we honoring this guy? Or like players are like random guys who aren't on that, like maybe they're Hall of Fame, but not like legendary status or just doing it for like the attention in their last year, then it'll be weird. I don't have a problem with it yet. Adam? Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, it has to be not only Hall of Fame, but first ballot yeah. legend. Like you are a legend, you know, like, like you said, like Miguel Cabrera is in that category. Yeah, he's, you know, he's kind of sputtered off in terms of the power in the last few years, but I think we all remember Miguel Cabrera from his entire career. You know, you can throw Albert Pujols in that pool, uh, obviously mm-hmm. Derek Cheater, et cetera. But yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm cool with it, but you're right. You know, you don't want to let it, you don't want to you know, wear it out. You want to, you want to keep it, want to keep it special. So he, but he deserves it. He's one of those guys that I personally growing up when I started watching baseball, he was one of my idols, even though he wasn't a blue Jay. Uh, so um, I think he deserves it. I'll be, I'll be excited to, uh, to cheer him on. And we'll see what kind of weird, cliche Canadian gift they give him. Probably like a Canada Goose jacket with Miggy on the back. And then he's going to go to Texas and get a pair of cowboy boots. Like, it's just going to be like the same shit they do for all these guys. That's just wildly cliche. Uh, Adam, appreciate you hopping on the pod today, man. Man, it was great talking to you guys. I'm uh, I'm excited that the season is beginning the way it's beginning so that we can have positive conversations. It's not all just drury, you know? Yeah. Um, Blue Jays Today on YouTube is where you can find Adam. Uh, it's a great channel. They got over 13,000 subscribers, and we're going to be doing a lot of back and forth between our show, the website, your guys' channel. Your videos are going to be popping up on the site. We are very excited to welcome you guys into the mix here at the Nation Network, and we're going to have a fun year talking baseball, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Coomsy, you enjoy the home opener too, my guy. Oh, I will. I'm going to be, like I was saying to these guys before the show as we were, we were talking about our notes, I, I'm going to be right there, right when the gates open, out in the outfield, little bleacher creatures area. I want to be at the inaugural. I, I want to be there when shit hits the fan. I, I feel like Toronto is a, a funky place to do this thing. I think things are going to get wild and I want to be there to witness it going to be a great week in general at the rogers center a lot of fun home opener tomorrow three against the tigers we'll drop a new pod later in the week and get set for that big series against the rays thanks for tuning in episode 134 of blue jays nation radio that's a wrap talk to you talk to you on thursday (laughs) ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.